Hey guys, this week we had on my friend Elliot and he talked a little bit about Fortnite and how they make money. It was a great conversation. By the way, in case you haven't already, if you want more cool content like this, if you want to not sound like an idiot when you're at a party and some girl comes up to you and asks you, hey, what stock should I invest in? I mean, first off, you shouldn't give financial advice because I'm not a financial advisor and I'm not trying to give you financial advice. You should t let her know that too. But, you know, if you just don't want to sound like a complete idiot, then you should subscribe to sundayspecial.substack.com. The link is in the description. It's an awesome newsletter once a week about hot topics in business and crypto. Anyway, here is the conversation. So just to get this started for the people who don't play games, can you give us a quick breakdown of what Fortnite is and how they make money? Sure. Uh, so Fortnite is like a shooter video game. The whole concept behind Fortnite is that it's free to play. It costs you no money to download the game, to hop online and play with your friends. But the way they make money is by selling in-game like skins, which are just like items that make your character like look different or, or make your guns look different or something like that. So just wondering, have you ever bought a Fortnite skin? I have. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say. I don't know any other Fortnite players who haven't bought skins. So, Which skins do you have? Uh, I, I played oh, games dude. at your house before. I, I know you had the John Wick skin. I don't know if that was you or one of your housemates. Got the John Wick skin. have several others. Um, uh, dude, it's too many. Maybe I should be ashamed. It's too many to count, honestly. If you had to guess, how much money do you think you've spent on skins? Oof. Um, I'd say between like 50 and 100 bucks, maybe more. Okay, that's not terrible. Uh, I mean, I feel like if you start getting past like 500, that's when it might be a problem. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts were, you know, normal game you buy costs you 60 bucks. Um, Fortnite was free. I spent hours and hours playing it. So I didn't really feel guilty about buying a skin because I was already like being entertained for hours for free. Yeah, yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, I will say, though, the idea of buying a virtual skin might sound ridiculous to people who've never played the game before. Uh, can you tell us uh, your own thought process for uh, why someone may want to buy a skin that provides no real in-game benefit? Uh, I think a couple of reasons. Like, one, you just want your character to look cool. Two, it's like... It's almost like uh, if all of your friends have skins and you're like the only no skin, you could kind of feel like pressured into buying one, something like that. I don't know. Some of them are just cool to have. It's, it's fun to look cool. Um, I would say that's why. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just a note for, again, people who don't play games, typically you play Fortnite with uh, a team and these can be people you know. So if you're just the one guy who is just playing with a generic character, you kind of look lame. Right, yeah. I played like COD online in, in high school and I didn't really play online games until Fortnite and like so from COD until Fortnite. So um, playing with your friends is like a big part of the game. Um, the multiplayer online with, with all of your friends is, is a big thing. So so getting pressured to buy skins, I think, is, is definitely a factor. Right. And I assume a lot of people who are high schoolers don't have their driver's license yet probably are spending a lot of time hanging out with their friends on Fortnite. So 
as you might imagine, the, the social pressure is huge in that situation. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You know, and Fortnite uh, has a massive audience. You know, from like children, like uh, I don't even know, probably like five years plus to like college kids and older, like a huge audience and, and the skins are kind of cater to, 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 to that entire audience. Right. And for those kids you also have the option to buy dances, right? Like, <laughs> so if you're spending a lot of time on TikTok, that, that might be good for you. Yeah. You can buy like Tootsie slide, um, other dances and stuff, which I think the kids really like, yeah, they're, they're fun. Yeah. One thing I want to point out before we move on from this is, um, Fortnite really, uses uh, a psychological concept called urgency to sell more skins. A real life example, if you're walking through the mall and you see a sale that's like today only, you're like, oh God, I don't, I don't want to miss this sale. You know, you start walking into the store. Fortnite does the same thing. Uh, some of their skins are only available on certain days like Black Friday or Christmas, which again, kind of puts that psychological pressure on you. Right. Yeah. So, so the way the store is set up is that they have all these skins that you can buy. Um, it's just like, it's kind of like online shopping. And then we'll have a section of like daily or weekly deals, which are only going to be there for a week or something. So it's like you have a limited time to purchase the skins, which I think is a huge incentive for people to buy if they don't want to miss out on something. Right. So my understanding is sometimes these skins disappear and they don't ever come back. Yeah, that's correct. So one of like one of the skins, the first one that comes to mind is like the Travis Scott one, which was like only in the game for for a limited time. Uh, and if you didn't purchase it in like the week or so that it was in the store, then you're not going to get it unless you like bought bought an account that had it from somebody else. I'm glad you mentioned that. We'll come back to Travis Scott later. But uh, first, the last time we talked, you talked a little bit about how. Fortnite has really embraced a model that uh, some people call gaming as a service. Can you talk a little bit about what this model is? Sure. So it's kind of uh, based on the software as a service model. Um, so if you think of like uh, computer software, like like Microsoft Office or something, um, you're paying for like a subscription to use uh, the service of Microsoft Office. So you're paying them every every year or whatever your subscription plan is to use the service. So the gaming as a service uh, model is pretty similar to that, where instead of buying a product upfront for $60, like how games used to be, you're buying um, like the ability to play the game, which is the service. And then you're paying um, on top of it to use the service. And Fortnite specifically, I kind of look at it like you're going to a movie. Um, so you're buying the game or going to a movie. And then at the movie, you're buying popcorn, drinks, and candy. But for Fortnite, you're buying skins. That's where they're making all the money. Got it. Got it. And again, a short little note for the audience. Uh, typically, successful software as a service companies make very high margins, right? They only have to make that software once, uh, spend some costs on just maintaining it and updating it but they can sell it for hundreds of dollars, sometimes thousands of dollars many times. Yeah, that's, that's definitely correct. And Epic Games, the creator of Fortnite has kind of been a leader in this game as a service uh, model. And then I think another motivation behind creating a game as a service rather than as a product is that if somebody buys a game for $60, they can 
resell it, give it to their friends. And then that's like a, a, a sale that, that Epic Games is missing out on. So if you if they're if they're selling it as a service, only one person can have have the quote unquote software of the game. Got it. So earlier you mentioned um, Call of Duty, uh, definitely one of the biggest games for guys our age back then. I mean, what's insane is that they didn't embrace this virtual skin model back then. I mean, it's hard to imagine how much money they would have made. Definitely, like. They would make a sale of a game for sixty dollars, and and that was kind of it. Besides, like DLCs, but everyone was playing online anyway, which which was uh, that didn't have any DLCs. So it's it's pretty crazy to think that this model hasn't been utilized before Fortnite. Yeah, absolutely. The thing is, uh, there are a couple of things that Fortnite has going for it in this day and age that Call of Duty didn't have back then. Uh, just the speeds of Wi-Fi have gotten a lot faster um, in the past 10 years or so. So it may have been hard to do the same digital download type of model back then. The other thing is Twitch. I mean, Twitch didn't exist back then, and Fortnite is one of the biggest games for streamers. Yeah, and it seems just like the, I guess, online, like YouTube, Twitch, watching video games online has just gotten massive over the last 10, 15 years. Um, I remember watching Call of Duty videos in high school on YouTube, but it seems like the scale has just gotten so much bigger. Uh, I think that's thanks to thanks to Twitch. Oh yeah, it's crazy when you see these streamers and they make hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, sometimes even millions a month. Yeah, it's absurd. And like thinking about like back in the day, like the biggest YouTube channels had like maybe a million subscribers and now there's people with hundreds of millions of subscribers it's it's insane honestly dude like do, do you watch streams because personally i'm i'm more into open world games like assassin's creed fallout that sort of thing and i personally would not do it but uh i don't know have you been spending time on twitch lately no you know i don't even i've never had a twitch account so i've actually never spent any time on twitch but I do watch a good amount of YouTube and I do watch video games on YouTube sometimes. I mean, what, what do you think the appeal is for you? Are you just trying to, I mean, is it like you like the personality of certain streamers and you just think it's funny or are you just trying to get better at the game? Uh, I don't even know. Like there was a phase where I was watching Minecraft videos on YouTube and I, I never really even played Minecraft. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, maybe I like the personalities of the people, but it, it was tough to say. I don't really know what's drawn me. I guess it's kind of, it's almost like watching sports, you know, there's something, something interesting about watching somebody do something better than you. I don't know. Watching an expert at work, I guess. Yeah. Watching LeBron dunk. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like that watching Ninja kill like 20 people in a game of Fortnite. Got it. That makes sense. And what's interesting is that you're seeing gaming become almost as possible, or excuse me, almost as popular as regular sports, right? Uh, I saw the stat the other day. In 2019, the League of Legends World Championship had the same number of viewers as the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, like I, I believe that. And it seems I'm almost surprised that if it's not more popular than sports at this point. Yeah, I guess just with older people they don't understand it at all like why somebody would watch somebody <laughs> play a true. video game that's true but yeah who knows 10 years from now might be 
a much bigger business than NFL, NBA, all those things. Definitely. Like, and I mean, in some countries, it already is way bigger than, than any sport. Yes. Uh, those Asian countries like South Korea. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. One thing I do want to point out is that there's been many games before that have been free to play, but Fortnite is really the first one to do it right. Uh, Elliot, you want to share some more detail about this? Yeah. Um, so I think what's really cool about Fortnite, and I touched on this earlier, is like that you're able to play with your friends super easily. So if you have a PlayStation or Xbox and you want to go online and play with your friends, you have to buy like a service from Xbox or PlayStation to go online to play with your friends. But Fortnite had its own servers. And so you wouldn't have to pay to, to jump online and, and play with your friends. So it was entirely free to play online, which was, which was pretty cool. Also uh, other free to play games have items in the game that you can buy to make you better at the game um, or just perks that will, that will allow you to do better in the game. The things that you can purchase for Fortnite, like the skins, they don't offer any sort of um, competitive advantage when you're playing. It's like literally just an aesthetic item. So I think that's why Fortnite did it right because other free to play games can often become pay to win uh, where you, you're just buying things that, that will essentially let you win a game. Right, and that just feels so frustrating as a gamer. Like if you're just playing a multiplayer mode and someone just beats you and it's only because they had a better item. Honestly, if that happened to me, I'd probably just quit the game <laughs> right at that moment. Yeah, and it's like, I think a lot of people would with those free games and maybe feel comfortable spending like 20 bucks or something but there's a point in which like it, you can't really compete with the people spending hundreds of dollars like a week on a game which is just insane absolutely and then all those people who would spend 20 dollars are just leaving the game and not spending anything exactly the the maker of the game is still getting that money but i think it just really reduces the the longevity of the game if people are getting like disillusioned by by these people spending too much money on the game. Right. And I guess what Fortnite did is they got it right, but what they did was just so counterintuitive. You know, I mean, it's hard to imagine the first executive who pitched, oh, hey, what if, what if we just sell items that are totally useless and don't give any type of stats boost or anything? I, I don't think that would be well received in any corporate boardroom. Yeah, it's, it's honestly genius. And it's, it's like we were talking about earlier, like looking back to games like COD, it just seems like so obvious that they could have done that when you're looking back now. Absolutely. It's interesting because Fortnite's business model has more in common with mobile games from back then than games like Call of Duty. Yeah, definitely. Um, Fortnite is way more similar to, to a mobile game because if you think about it, it's little to no cost entry. A lot of these mobile games are free or only a couple dollars. Um, but they are getting you to spend within the game. So if you played a game like Clash of Clans or something, like you could buy buy things in game that would that would um, that would help you, as opposed to Call of Duty where you're literally just buying a disc for sixty dollars and and that's the last time you're spending money on the game. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe the problem is that uh, executives who were in charge of Call of Duty were just so used to this traditional sixty dollar model that they just couldn't comprehend something like just offering the game for free and selling virtual skins. It was just so outside what they were used to. Yeah. And I mean, they, they were like the most popular game, like for a long time. 
just coming out with a new game every single year, charging $60 for it. They were making a bunch of money, so um, maybe they didn't see a need to change up their model. Right. Unfortunately, Fortnite just came in and stole a big portion of their uh, user base. Now, Call of Duty's multiplayer is basically just a Fortnite ripoff. Yeah, now uh, Call of Duty has stolen Fortnite's game. Yeah, I mean, if you play it, like, it's very similar. I mean, it doesn't have the kind of cartoonish uh, graphics that Fortnite does, but it's like a helicopter where you have the option to drop off to any part of the map that you want, which is literally the same thing as Fortnite. Yeah, it, I, I guess they felt like they had to do something to compete. Yeah, I don't know if they're selling virtual skins, though, dude. Are, are they doing that? Do you happen to know? I don't know. I haven't really played. I haven't played uh, much COD of the new one, but I think that there 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 have to be in-game purchases because, like the game, like the online version is free. And you know, it's also interesting. Just since Fortnite has come out, like I, I've been trying to think of a new game where there isn't in-game purchases, and I haven't been able to think of any. Um, it seems like every single game that's coming out is kind of copying this model of of having in-game purchases. Right. I mean, I mentioned Assassin's Creed earlier, and um, last time we talked, you told me about how even Assassin's Creed has in-game purchases, which is kind of ridiculous because it's not a shooter. It's an open-world game. Right. And I mean, it's like it's like weapons and, and other aesthetic items, um, which do help you in the game. Um, they also have like DLCs and stuff. But yeah, I mean, like... I think all these developers are just seeing an opportunity to make more revenue like after a game is sold. So they're just trying to they're just trying to penny pinch anywhere they can. Right. Cause I mean, this is just touching on something you said earlier, but there's people who are down to just spend twenty dollars, but then there's also super fans who are down to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on these games. As a developer, you want to make sure that you're getting as much value as you can from those super fans. Oh, definitely. Even like the, there's probably a large number of people that'll spend twenty dollars too, and they're probably they're maybe even making more money off the fans that aren't spending huge amounts, just because there's so much more of them. No, oh, absolutely. Honestly, for me personally, I don't think I would have went out and bought Fortnite for sixty dollars. But since it was free to play, I mean, I downloaded it, and it didn't really seem like I had anything to lose. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think that's how a lot of people feel. I don't, like like I was saying earlier, like I don't know anybody who doesn't have at least one skin. You can buy a skin for as like little as like three dollars. So if even if nobody if people don't have money to spend, like somebody will like spend three dollars just to have one skin, you know, and like that's that's still money being made from for Fortnite. Absolutely. And I guess there's kind of a flywheel effect too. Like the more people who play the game, the more they'll tell their friends also, like, hey man, you should get on Fortnite and then that just means more people to buy skins. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think another thing that's interesting about Fortnite, and I think go, kind of goes along with what we've been saying about this game as a service model, is that the Fortnite's lifespan is pretty incredible for a shooter. Like it came out in like what late 2017, and it's still extremely popular today. And I think it's because of of the gaming as a service model, where it's like they are continuously updating the game making it new and it's so different from from like kind of the shooter game model that you're used to where call of duty is just coming out with a new game every single year and fortnite's been able to sustain this for for coming up on four years now yeah i guess it relates to the revenue model right because back in the day 
Call of Duty had to put out a new release every year because that's how they made money, mm-hmm. right? Just that $60 purchase every time. They didn't really have an alternative stream of money there. But Fortnite doesn't need to do that. They're, they're constantly making money from those virtual skins. Definitely. And if you think of the new Call of Duty game, I don't think this Call of Duty game is gonna, can last more than a year. I think people just get disinterested. That's interesting because uh, before we started recording, we were actually looking at the Fortnite stream numbers on Twitch. And we saw they were trending downwards before the pandemic. But then uh, once the lockdown started, there was just a huge boom. Yeah, I mean, in, in like the life cycle of Fortnite, they've had like these waves of popularity. And I think it's seeing like the, the amount of Twitch channels and, and viewers is, is a pretty decent way to, to look at the popularity of the game. And it kind of goes through waves, but it looks like it like going up to the pandemic, it was definitely on the decline. Then with people just being stuck at home, I think Fortnite really, um, uh, really took off again. And they actually, I think they had their peak average Twitch viewers in June of 2020. And it looks like after that peak, it's been, it's been coming down again, but who knows, maybe something will happen in game that will, that will bring people back. Yeah, I guess it's tough, too, because shooters typically just have shorter lifespans just because, I mean, it's so hard to just keep a one game interesting for someone. As a gamer, you always just kind of want to hop on to the new hot thing. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's that's why it's even more incredible that uh, Fortnite's been able to be a relevant game for, for almost four years. And I think, it, you know, it's they keep the game fresh. They keep it new. All these updates, they have in-game events. That, that'll bring people back and if they maybe they'll come for an in-game event and then realize that there's so much new stuff they want to keep playing the game for another couple months yeah it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, fortnite nowadays is more than just a game right it's kind of a digital gathering place we saw travis scott he did a concert inside fortnite where he made more than 25 million dollars on merch sales i was looking at the numbers this was a while back so don't like quote me on this but I believe that was more money than he made on one of his tours back in 2019, 2018. I mean, if, if I was an artist, I would definitely be pushing to play some more Fortnite concerts. Yeah, I mean, and you look at these Fortnite concerts and it's just Travis Scott songs. And then like somebody designed him like doing these dances and like just this whole like in-game concert. So he didn't have to do like any work besides give them the right to use his songs. Well, that's a that's a pretty good deal. Definitely, um, and yeah, like you're saying, like it, it is definitely a digital gathering place. You can hop on with your friends and see a Travis Scott concert, which is pretty cool. Yeah, one thing that I read about the other day is that businesses will often use Fortnite to promote their own things, right? Like when the movie It came out, there were these balloons all over the game, and if you popped it, you would hear that one uh, that uh, I can't even remember his name, like the creepy clown. Like you would Pennywise. hear his laugh. Yeah, Pennywise. You would hear his <laughs> laugh when you popped the balloon, and that was supposed to be an advertisement for the movie. Yeah, and like you mentioned earlier, there's like a John Wick skin. There was like a Thanos thing in the game. Like companies are definitely coming to Fortnite and wanting to like advertise using the game. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's one of the best ways to reach the youth. Hundred percent, and like I would never see this in Call of Duty or any other game for that matter. Oh, yeah. They, they never had ads in Call of Duty. Not that I could remember. No. All right. Well, that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about. Thanks so much for being with us, Elliot. Yeah, of course. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasure to be on.
All right, that's the podcast, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Happy Sunday, y'all.